Someone once said, switch your mentality from I'm broken and helpless to I'm growing and healing and watch how your life changes for the better. And we couldn't agree more. This is Just Now. This is Just Now. A show about self-discovery, your life journey, and helping heal old wounds, create a new mindset, and a new way of thinking. Real, Real, raw, and 100% honest. This is Just Now, and here's your host, Joshua J. Hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm so grateful to have you here. I am your host, Joshua J. Welcome back to episode four. Today, um, I wanted to take things a little bit deeper. We're focusing on our healing journey. I'm sharing different stories of my healing journey. And I really wanted to let you guys in more and into one of the more traumatic experiences that I've had. So today we're going to talk about being in love and then how that led me to being homeless. And I smile today looking back because that journey, that the the experience of being homeless for about six months, it really humbled me. It really made me realize the deepest parts of me. And though I may not have healed during that moment, that experience now looking back, has taught me so much in life. So how did it start? What what led up to it? So I used to live in Houston and um, I was in a, before I was even there, I lived in Houston. I was online dating, um, met this guy and we we just connected. We instant like friendship. It it worked out really well. And then eventually his job just moved him. Um, He moved to a different city. We tried long distance. It didn't really work out. So we stayed friends. We would go and visit each other. Um, He stayed, I think, two to three hours away from me at the time. And we just vibed, right? It was was cool. And then after the long distance, we were like, you know, it's not going to work. We're just going to be friends. Um, And stayed in touch for years. I think four or five years we stayed in touch. But in the meantime, I had started dating someone else and a year into the relationship found out that he was cheating um, and I needed to either choose me or choose a cheating partner. So I decided to leave that relationship and didn't really date for a bit. Um, But the first guy, the one that moved to a different city was always in the picture. Always. we, We stayed friends. We were really good friends, like almost like best friends in a way. And we were talking, um, he had went through a relationship after we had broken up and it just didn't work out. And he was like, you know, we, we've been there. We, we love each other. We should totally be together. And we started talking and was like, can we make this work? Do we, do we do things? Um, do we move forward? And then his job relocated him to Dallas, which Dallas is about four hours away from Houston. And I was like, well, we know that we can't do long distance. So if we do this again, then it must, one of us have to move. Um, And long story short, I decided to look for a job in Dallas, eventually got one and I moved to Dallas. 
um, to live with him and to, to be with him. After a short period of time, um, we decided that we were going to get married, went through the whole looking for rings and um, planning the date and all of that stuff. And everything was perfect in a way. It was very fairytale-like. And then one day, for whatever reason, we had a disagreement. And that disagreement caused us to separate over the course of a few days. And while we were while we were figuring it out, I guess you can say separated, there was just this moment that he walked in. So let me go back a little bit. I was a flight attendant at this time. Um, so I traveled four to five days a week um, working and he worked four to five days a week in Dallas. So when I was home, I was home. And I don't know, the distance of a disagreement just it kept there kept just being separation between him and I. And one day he came home, I came home from a trip and he was like, you got to get out. And I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, you got to go like you're no longer welcomed in my home. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was serious. He was like, I'm tired of this. I don't want to deal with it. And he kicked me out of his house. And with me, had I had been in Dallas no longer than, I must say, two to three months at that time living with him. I had nowhere to go at overnight. Um, I mean, none, like nowhere to go overnight. And so I had a decision to make. I could quit my job and and suck up my pride and move back home to Houston with family and friends. Or I could choose to learn from this experience, get back on my own feet and move forward. And what ultimately I did was I, I had ego. I chose not to go back home to Houston. I chose not to tell my family what was going on and I chose to make it work. So for those that may not know about the flight attendant lifestyle, um, you I was on reserve at the time. And that pretty much means is I know the days that I may work. I know my off days, but I don't know exactly where I'm going if I'm going anywhere. So I could go to the airport and I could be on call. I could be on call at home or I could have a trip assigned to me and I know exactly where I'm going. So at this point of time, I was on reserve. I was on call. And there was not a lot of flying going on. So there was not a lot of work going on. So my days after this happened looked like me staying at the airport for 10 hours a day, give or take. And then me pretending to go um, home, quote unquote. And then I would wait till the supervisors would leave. I would wait till all management would leave. And then I would go back to the crew room so I could sleep in the crew room. So Pretty much I was sleeping from like 10 p.m. at night to about three in the morning because the first group of supervisors would come in at 4 a.m. And I didn't want them to know that I was sleeping there or living there, quote unquote. So then I would leave before they get there. So then I would go sleep in my, a parking lot in my car. And I did this for a while. Um, if I had any extra money for the month or when I got paid, then I would book a hotel room for a night. Um, just to make sure that I could shower and things of that nature, I would use my trips. I would definitely obviously take showers and things like that. If I couldn't do either one of those, if I just needed a quick shower, I would pay 20 to $25. There are showers in the airport that I could use for that. But for the most part, between hotel rooms, my car, and then the crew room, 
I was legitimately just sleeping anywhere that I could lay my head. Um, I could, I, at the moment, at that time, I felt like I couldn't tell my family what was going on. I couldn't tell my friends what was going on because, you know, a lot of them said, Hey, Josh, don't move to a different city, especially don't move to a different city for a guy. And I was like, you know, we've been friends for a while. This is going to work out. It's perfect. And, you know, going through this journey at that time, there's three key things that I, I, I I remember that I want to share with you guys. Um, one, never give up on love, but that's not the part that I want to share. Um, it was ego. In that, in any moment's notice, in any moment's time during that time, I could have let go of my ego and I could have picked up the phone and called a family member or a couple of friends and let them know what was going on. At a drop of a hat, I guarantee each person that I called would have been there and told me to come back home, Make you can make it work. Um, we can figure it out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I didn't want to quit my job. I, at that time, being a flight attendant was my dream job. I was doing exactly what I wanted to do. I just didn't have a place to live or to sleep. So ego was the very first thing. If I could have released, let go of my ego and just told people what was going on, I could have made it work. The second thing was the feelings or the, um, the feelings or the emotions that were going on during that time. Um, very first thing is uncertainty. Um, the moment he kicked me out and said, <laughs> get out, I there was so much uncertainty. I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know where to go. And this was my early 20s. I didn't know wh where to go. I didn't know who to talk to. There were many nights I just sat in my car and just cried. Because I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to feel. Um, this was a, a big part of depression. I, I, I had to deal with depression. I had to learn how to figure things out on my own. I was very depressed. I didn't see any type of light. Um, I was emotional. I felt alone. I felt afraid. I felt um, disconnected. I felt scared. There were just so many emotions because I had everything together before I left. I had my own apartment. My car note was paid. Like I had my bills paid like the whole nine yards. And the moment I decided to do this transition, I left a good paying job. I left everything that my whole support system for in Houston was now no longer available to me. And then I'm in Dallas and I'm like, I don't know what to do. So first was my ego, uh, realizing that I did have a huge, huge ego, but then two feelings in, in, in the moment, you don't know how to process all of those feelings. And the last thing was the way out. Um, what kept me going was knowing that this was not the end all be all, you know, I had figured out how to sleep. I had figured out how to make sure I eat on my trips. And when I'm not working, I figured out how to be safe about the situation. I figured it out. I had a system, again, at the airport working, hoping that I, I got called to work. If I didn't, sleeping overnight in the crew room. If I didn't sleep there, then I slept in my car. If I had enough extra money, then I would book a hotel room. If I didn't, then I would shower, book a shower at least. So I, I mean, I would brush my teeth outside of a parking lot in, in a water bottle and toothpaste. My bags always stayed packed. I would wash clothes when I go on trips just to make sure that I had clean clothes to wear. I had sleeping pajamas in my car. So 
I wasn't dirty and you, you just figured it out that that's I, I just figured it out, I guess you could say. And after figuring it out, um, what kept me sane, what kept me kept going is knowing the big picture. I kept telling myself, Josh, this isn't it. This is only a moment in your life. I'm crying, I'm sobbing, but I knew that there was more. I was like, you know, this is this is something for you. I don't know what. Mind you, by the time I had dealt with homelessness, I also had dealt with um, rape and child abuse and um, anger and manipulation and like so many other things from my childhood. I just really believe that, you know, this was supposed to happen to me. Um, when you go through so much in life, at one point of time or another, you just believe that bad things are going to happen to you. And it is what it is. And I was just taught to figure it out and to fix it and just to keep going, never to give up. And and ultimately, that's what I did. But as difficult as something like being homeless can be, I mean, there's a lot of different types of traumas in the world. And there's a lot of there's some that we create. And then there's some that, you know, is just part of our journey, just part of our experience. But what I learned from this specific situation, falling in love with a, a friend, moving across cities, um, figuring, think, having things figured out or thought, thinking that things were, were figured out, having that safety net with this person and then that, the, the, the safety net being ripped apart or ripped from underneath me, I learned strength. I learned to not just simply depend on people but to, to depend on myself. I learned perseverance. I learned to not look at the situation that I'm in, but to continuously look at the big picture or where I'm going because the moment I decided to start looking at where I am, I get beat up, I get down, I get small, I get afraid, I, I feel alone. But the moment I decided to switch my perception or switch to the bigger picture or the vision of my dreams or my future, I could see clearly, I could, I could tell myself, you know, this is just a moment in time. This is just a part of your journey. Um, I used to be one of those people, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? And I feel like when you stay in the moment of things, you start questioning things like that. Why me? Why me now? Why this? But when you switch that perception and you look at you look forward, you stop looking down at yourself, but you look forward or you look up, you then start seeing clarity. You, you, you start seeing the light, as they say. You start seeing positivity. You start seeing a way out. From this experience of being homeless, I learned stability. Um, I learned that, you know, Joshua always need a stable home environment. So I worked very hard to build myself back up, build my bank account back up, get an apartment, you know, make sure that my car note was paid because my car was the one stable thing in this equation. It got me to and from places. It, it provided um, shelter for me. I could sleep in it. Nothing. I, I always had my friend was my car pretty much. And so it taught me doing this process. It taught me stability. Um, but it also, I think one of the two bigger things that I learned from this experience was self-love. I learned how to love myself more than I loved other people. I feel like through life, we're taught that, you know, be kind, be nice, be respectful, be appreciative, be 
lovable to other people. But I feel like sometimes we're not taught how to love ourselves first. And this was the first experience that taught me how to love myself, how to how to be okay with myself, how to acknowledge myself, how to um, grow and be in these situations with myself, if that makes sense. Um, This was a very eye-opening journey. It was a very enlightening experience now that I'm looking back. But the second biggest thing I would say that I learned from this situation was simply just acceptance. Oftentimes we get into situations or we have experiences where we want to go either negative or positive, but sometimes we can take a step back and realize that it is what it is. We don't have to feel negatively or positively about an experience. We can take a step back and breathe and say, you know what? I'm choosing not to respond. I am choosing just to to bring my attention to something else. Because I believe in this experience, I learned that the more that I focused on being homeless, the more I stayed homeless. And the more I decided to remove my attention from being on homelessness and move it towards something of the big picture of the apartment, of the car, or of the of the travel experience, something else, something that didn't have my attention on being homeless, my situation started to shift. My situation started to change. So if you are a person that's going through something that is hard and I'm talking, it doesn't matter to who, to anyone else, how hard that may seem or what your experience may seem to them. But if you are going through something that's difficult, that's tough, that's hard, just know you can accept where you are and really, really, really get clear on where you want to go. When you start looking at where you want to go, life just shifts. Things just happen. Things move in a way that the life just starts opening up itself for you. Um, so with that being said, I wanted to just share key, about five, six key takeaways for those that may be going through something difficult, some type of traumatic experience in your life. For me, I'm sharing the story of being homeless, but for you, it may be an abusive relationship. It may be not loving yourself. It may be being raped or molested. It may be being taken advantage of in some form or fashion. It may be, you know, there's so many different traumas in the world that I can't list all of them. But if you are experiencing some type of trauma, the very first takeaway that I want to say is that you are bigger than your circumstance. In the moment, we probably can't see a brighter light. In the moment, we probably can't see what's coming next for us. In the moment, we probably don't know how we're going to get out of it. But just know that you are bigger than your circumstance. This is just an experience that you're going through that will eventually change because you're going to change. You're going to grow. You're going to create something different. The number two is you must see the vision. You must see the big picture. You have to keep your eyes on the prize, as they say. If you're in an experience, don't put your time and energy into the experience itself. 
Continue to look forward, continue to look up, continue to see what's possible for yourself. And that will keep you going long enough to get you out of whatever that traumatic experience may be. Number three is simply acknowledge what is and move on. Again, this goes with number two. Don't put your time and effort into what is currently. Okay, this sucks right now. I acknowledge that. And then move your mind, your vision, your attention to something else that's more positive. If you can continue to feed yourself the positivity, your life, your experience, your situation will change. Number four is release negativity and increase positivity. In these hard times in your life, in, the, in these traumatic experiences, the first thing you have to do is tell yourself how much love you have for you, how much grace you're going to give yourself. Oftentimes in bad situations, in these negative experiences, we, we beat up ourselves. Why me? Why did I do this? How did I let this happen? I'm stupid. I'm, a, I'm, I'm shameful. I'm X, Y, and Z. Stop with the negativity. Stop with the shaming. Stop with the guilt. Stop with the, the self-sabotage. Stop with the bashing. And if pretty much when you are releasing any negativity and you're increasing the positivity, what you would tell someone else going through a difficult situation or a difficult time in, in their life, you need to start telling yourself. We do not do a good job in telling ourselves how we're going to get out of the situation. We don't tell ourselves enough how much we love ourselves. So my number four is release negativity and increase positivity. Number five, don't compare. Don't compare yourself to someone else. Don't compare your journey to someone else's journey. Don't compare your situation to someone's situation. Don't compare your trauma to anyone else's trauma. The moment you start comparing yourself, your experience to someone else, you've always lost. You've already lost. And the reason why I say you've already lost is because you don't know where someone else is in their life and what they are accomplishing and what they're doing. And you have now just put yourself in their shoes, but they may be on step number seven and you're on step number one and you're comparing yourself to their step number seven. You've lost the battle already. Comparison will kill you quicker than anything else in this world can. And then lastly, and I know this is probably difficult to hear, especially if you're going through something hard, but love the journey. Know that this is a part of your journey. Know that this is growing you. Know that this is happening for you and not to you. This is teaching you something in that moment that's going to allow you to shift your perspective, shift your life, shift your being so that you can achieve that bigger picture, that vision. So if you can love the journey your own, this will connect you back to what I said, step number one of being uh, bigger than your circumstance, which then will lead you to that vision of yourself. I know trauma, I know traumatic experiences are difficult. I know that they are hard to manage. I know that they're hard to get through. I know that, that sometimes we're so far deep into them that we just don't see a way out. As a person that has dealt with a lot of traumatic experiences. I am here to support you and tell you, and hopefully you listen that it is not the end all be all. It is not the way that your life will forever be. It is simply a moment in time. And if you take the moment to recognize that, to acknowledge that, 
to love yourself in that moment at your deepest, darkest hour, loving yourself in the pits of hell, you will walk out of that situation stronger and have an unwavering belief in yourself of what you can do in this world. I'll leave y'all there. Thank you guys so much. I hope y'all have so much love and light and we will see each other soon. You've been listening to Just Now. Our passion is to support others in their life journey and self-discovery, helping heal old wounds, helping to create a new mindset and a new way of thinking. We hope you've gotten some useful information from the show and we hope you had fun along the way. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find Jay on TikTok and YouTube at Joshua J Just Now. And to reach out, send an email to Joshua J Just Now at gmail.com. Remember, healing isn't pretty, but the other side is beautiful.